1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Rangers and Aberdeen will meet again to settle their Scottish Cup tie after a draw at Pataudry Celtic are safely through to the semis after beating Hibs Inverness will join them and Partick Thistle and Hearts go head-to-head tonight in the last of the quarter-finals I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me this evening Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans PFA Scotland are quite right to come out today and demand protection from harm for players as a matter of urgency We have a hooliganism problem that is now country Wide and the game can't wait for a tragedy to occur before something is done about it. There were some terrific cup goals at the weekend, some magnificent last gasp wins as well. And tonight we'll find out if the Jags can sting the Jambos and reach the semi finals of the Scottish Cup. But still, we are required to discuss violence, antisocial behaviour, and the escalation of trouble before, during, and after matches. The day of reckoning is coming though. And the bad guys won't like it. On the pitch, Alex, it was another yeah. big weekend. We are getting there in terms of completing the lineup for the Scottish Cup semi finals. Bit of business to be done down the road at Firhill tonight. And then, of course, uh, a replay between Rangers and Aberdeen. Yeah, I was just wondering if it could be a, a shock down at Firhill tonight, Gordon, with Patrick Thistle against Hearts. But uh, Rangers will have to do it all again against Aberdeen uh, this coming Tuesday. Uh, so, you know, I think Rangers will be fortunate to actually get in, particularly in that first half. They weren't particularly good on the night. And then of course we had a bit of league action at the weekend Not yeah. not much but uh, you'd have to put St Mirren down as, as the big winners mm. Could that be the day that their survival bid was kick-started? Well you know that's what I'm trying to get across Gordon that, you know, Ryan Flynn's goal is so important for St Mirren One point now separating them from Dundee The fight for survival is still very much on Joe Wardle scored a Good goal for Rangers at Pataudry Scott Brown scored a magnificent goal And so did James Forrest for Celtic at Easter Road Trying very hard to concentrate on the best bits of our game But getting dragged back by the morons Well we'll do the worst bits a bit later on Let's start mm-hmm. with the best bits 01419511025 That's the number you need to get in touch What did you make of the weekend's football? You can tweet us your thoughts At Clyde SSB Stephen Gerrard's first up He says the 1-1 draw with Aberdeen in the Scottish Cup was fair And he was happier with the second half than the first He was uh, pleased with the response after the break And says either team could have won the game I thought Aberdeen edged the first 45 minutes I thought it was a game where we had to stand up and compete But at the same time we forgot to play at the right times So I think Aberdeen just edged the first half Having said that, there was only the penalty between us I asked for more from the players at half time I asked us to be more braver on the ball and possession And try and make things happen And I was much more pleased with the second half And reflecting on the whole game and result I'd probably say it's a fair result but second half we, we were more brave We stayed on the ball for longer We were more creative You know And I was much more pleased With the second half Than the first half Both teams could have won The tie today You know McGregor's made a, a Very vital save At the end We've had a scramble Where we've took it off the line Having said that McKenna makes a Game saving block From Alfredo And Considine Was lucky not to give a penalty away With the one he blocks With his hands in front of his face You know There was a big shout For a penalty So I think all in all Both sides tried to win it But I'd say probably The draw is a fair result Yet again, Aberdeen and Rangers meet Hugh Keevans There's not a great deal between the sides There's plenty of talking points, plenty of drama And we get another episode as well Because they're going to have to separate themselves in a replay I think chapter 2 is significant for two reasons Sam Cosgrove can't play for Aberdeen at Ibrooks because he's suspended 
Alfredo Morelos yesterday, I thought his influence on the game was blunted by the booking that he rightly got for diving. But thereafter, he was, I thought, keen to avoid a second booking and getting sent off yet again against Aberdeen. So on the one hand, in the replay, Rangers will have Morelos. Aberdeen will not have Sam Cosgrove. That could tilt the balance. What did you make of it, Alex, overall? Yeah, I thought Aberdeen done a number on Rangers, particularly in the first half. They sat in when they got the ball, they played it long. It became a scrap, a fight. Uh, and I thought they were turnover possessions uh, and the goal was a highlight of that Gordon you know they gave away the ball Taverniers beyond the, the play and they get carved open and when you look at the manner in which Rangers gave away the penalty it was poor I agree with Stephen Gerrard the actual impact that they had in the second half was so much more positive got the goal out of the doors and they competed I think that was a key thing and uh, I, I agree as well it could have went either way but uh, Rangers will be delighted it's actually come back to Ibrox due to the fact Cause Gross suspended And Morelos You would expect To have a more of an Influence on the game Give us your thoughts On the football please 01419511025 Let's do it right now We are on Twitter At Clyde SSB We're really good at Arguing over everything Here Hugh Keevans yeah. But maybe Just maybe The Aberdeen penalty Fell into that category Where most people agree It was a penalty Surely I mean you know, I, I do understand that <laughs> There will uh, always be some Yeah of course I, I do understand that People Tend to see the match Through the colours of the the team they support, uh, but surely, I mean, it's a straightforward award. So, still Waller, I don't think you'll get many callers on tonight complaining about that one, Gordon. And uh, I think Kevin Clancy was uh, fairly well positioned for it, right behind it. And I just think he came on the blind side. Uh, Mackay Stephen came on the blind side. And he didn't see him. He went yeah. to clear the ball. And uh, but again, it all stems back for losing the ball in a halfway line for me. What does what do Rangers do differently in in the replay, Alex? Is it all about? You know, does the Ibrox factor come into it? Is that an important part? Stephen Gerrard himself mentions the quality of the, the playing surface. Yeah, I, I, listen, we've tried many things over the years to try and get an edge. If they trained on the pitch, they didn't roll the pitch, it's their prerogative. Now, ideally, you would love to see a beautiful playing surface, but certain teams will want to play a style of play. They were up and at them yesterday, Aberdeen. They played to their strengths and they almost got through the tie, Gordon. But now... It's roles reversed It'll be a great playing surface Now Aberdeen went down And got a result earlier on in the season On that surface So it shouldn't make a difference From that point of view But from a Rangers point of view They have to mm. do more uh, and, and having seen them The last three games You know it was disappointing That they couldn't uh, get their flow And their, their groove going yesterday And Hugh it just cranks it up Even further as we go towards This replay Because there was A school of thought At the weekend That this was a season Defining game For, for both Aberdeen and Rangers uh-huh. On Sunday they couldn't be separated So that, that pressure just rolls on to the next meeting And Aberdeen have to face Celtic At Celtic Park three days before And Rangers must go to Easter Road on Friday night To play Hibs So uh, no rest for either of them Any Rangers or Aberdeen fans Want to give your thoughts on tom- on? I was going to say tomorrow's game Yesterday's game Give us them now 01419511025 We are on Twitter at Clyde SSB Lots to get through tonight We do have an important game Between Partick Thistle and Hearts we're going to look back on some of the league action as well. Um, I mean, listening to, to Stephen Gerrard's comments there, Alex, he clearly wasn't, you know, overly disappointed. He acknowledges that, that Rangers weren't at their best, yep. but I suppose happy to still be in the cup would be would be the message from from both. Absolutely, I think uh, Stephen Gerrard, particularly on the first half, showing it was uh, you know they weren't competing. The second half, you know, you can take a lot of positives. I think again, you're relying on Alan McGregor to pull off a brilliant point blank save, which he's done all season. Uh, I for me, uh, looking at Rangers, I was impressed with the way they went about their business in the second half because it would have been easy to cave in and uh, they continued to probe and, you know, a wee bit more 
cute Morelos is just straight offside by a yard if he just holds his run mm. a little bit he's got his bearing down and goal and Rangers looked a threat from uh, counter-attacking football which is not I've not seen that a great deal because they're obviously so much possession based but they almost looked more of a threat when you know when Aberdeen were throwing bodies forward because the way Aberdeen set up they were just dropping off to the halfway line and trying to frustrate Rangers Alan's in Rutherglen what's your point tonight Alan? Uh, but Kevin Clancy's decision making at times mm-hmm. Uh, Morelos was tugged But he went down like a ton of bricks I agree with that Yeah And You had the boy Cosgrove Going through and goal Throws himself to the ground Doesn't he get a cab But Morelos gets a cab Then we go into the Considine incident And I'd like Alec to answer the question If you put your hands up In an Unawkward position To defend a ball Surely that's A, a straight It's a handball So it should have been a penalty yeah, I, I know exactly the one you were talking about, Alan. It was late in the second half when Morelos controls it. He's going to block him, and his hands are kind of round about, round about his chest area. But I'm not exactly sure whether they were extended as such. So uh, I've seen well, them. Still, I've, they're still up in an unnatural position, Alec. Uh, uh, with that, do, Alan, do you know the thing? Later, a corner comes in, Joe Worrell gives up, the ball glances off one of the, I think it was Considine again, who, to my shouldn't have been on the part after it. Uh, Joe Worrell gives up. I think he's getting a free header at goal and the ball glances off one of the I think it was Considine glances off his head and it hits Worrell whose arms are his side and Clancy Clancy gives a handball against Joe Worrell yeah, I know. I know the one you were talking about. I think that I think the balls travelled a lot more different. I think it would probably went about four or five yards for that for that initial flick to the back post, and he's just Aye. raised his arm and it's caught him there. But going back but to Constantine, the going back, he's defied a goal scoring opportunity. Putting his hands up and prevent that ball getting into the net. So, in my eyes, that's a, it's a red card. He's prevented a goal. Uh, Alan, see if he had to put his his arms out to make his cell bigger in terms of out, like as wide as he could use it as expanding his arms. I think that might have been a different ball game. They seem to be kind of close to his body. Uh, again, you never, you know, you see it time after time. I, I watched a one yesterday with VAR, and the guy's hands about two or three inches from his thigh, and they give a penalty after looking at VAR. So. It's subjective in terms of what the referee's seen. For me, I've seen them given, but on the day, I didn't. I didn't think it was uh, justifiable. I don't recall Stephen Gerrard bringing any of this up. <laughs> to be honest, the boy, boy Shinny. My last, my last point is the boy Graham Shinny. Now you've got Clancy who's standing watching it. He's six yards away from the tackle for Shinny on Scott Arfield. And Michael Stewart last night, the sports scene says it, it wasn't high. He was at the top of the ball, went right through him. If Arfield's legs no, he's lucky that Arfield's leg was up. If it'd been planted, he's got a, a broken ankle. Well, and the linesman's standing watching it as well. Well, Alan, as I say, Stephen Gerrard brought up none of this, and uh, you're quite entitled to be um, someone who sees it from a Rangers perspective. But I thought Kevin Clancy had a decent game. Well, I, I thought some of his decisions. There was a boy McLennan. He had a good swipe at. Candace, the only reason he get away with it is because Candace died in his feet. Now the van- there's no advantage came out of it. Rangers never get a goal with a three on one at the back here. And he's still on the park. Is it as a Rangers player got to get seriously injured here with a leg break, a fractured skull with a boy at Kilmarnock, all these tackles, Scott Brown on Candace at Ibrooks, high tackles and nothing's getting done, but when it becomes a Rangers player, I might be looking through blue tinted glasses, but 
it just seems to be when, when Rangers players are getting hammered on the park here, a blind eye is getting turned. Well, it's not a blind eye, is it? I mean, Graham Shinney got booked for it, Alan. You might disagree and think it was a red, but you're, you're now stretching it and saying that nothing's getting done, a blind eye's been turned. I mean, Graham Shinney was, was booked for the tackle, so how's, how's that a blind eye? But it's the truth, my looking at over the top of the ball No no listen I get that I heard your argument But you're saying Nothing is getting done about it It was a yellow card Something was done about it Well Where does this compliance Come in and look at it again well, it, it, it can It can If the referee says He didn't see it It yeah, can I, I think it has to get flagged up From Rangers uh, The media you know, television. If it has to get flagged up there before it can the even go to other referee, before it even goes to the compliance officer. But I don't, I don't think it warranted a, a review from the compliance officer. You know, I don't even know if there was a. For me, it was a yellow. Uh, I don't think there was enough uh, endangerment. I don't think it was high. The force. Uh, for me, it was just a solid tackle that he didn't get. And uh, but you know, I I understand the frustration for people because this is what it's got to now. We're actually looking in week in week out, depending which Rangers, Celtic. This tackle's ridiculous, that tackle's ridiculous. And I've got to be honest with you, the majority of them are actually not, they're usually just what they are. You know, you might get the odd one, which is borderline that we all kind of debate, mm. and we'll Hugh will say yes or no, and I'll go the other way. So, but in the main, I don't think there was anything too controversial yesterday in that front. Scott's a Rangers fan. What did you make of the footballing performance, Scott? Um, the game, the game, the game, it was a terrible game. Yeah. But I think a lot of that was. The referee constantly stopping it when he let any once a couple of passes get put together. And, and I think nowadays in general, you, you're scared to. Hmm. Well, let's try and get that line cleared up. Can't really hear Scott too well. I think we got the the gist of his initial again. Point. You know, Alec and I were talking about the game prior to the program beginning, and Alec mentioned none of this, and uh, you know that Stephen Gerrard was quite. Uh, Rational in his uh, summation, uh, and he believed that Aberdeen had the best of the first half. Rangers. I mean, you will all, you'll always find decisions you can argue one way or the other. But it just, I didn't come away from that game yesterday thinking, "Wow, there's going to be so many talking points surrounding yeah. the referee." It looks like I was wrong, um, but that, that just wasn't, you know, that wasn't the impression you got from it. Going back to Scott's point there, uh, going back to Scott's point, Gordon, when he was saying about stop start, it was one of the games. Scrappy, you know, it was scrappy. Both teams were giving it hell for leather. And that's not just the referee either. It was, no, it was a scrappy football game. Yeah, absolutely, Gordon. The pitch wasn't conducive to great. Football, so it was stop start. It was one of the games, and I actually felt as if that suited Aberdeen more because you know they didn't want Rangers to get into that passing I, I, groove. I just think we've got out of the habit of speaking about football altogether. Everything now is about he did this and then they did that, and the referee should have done this, and the referee didn't do that. And what about the compliance officer? Mm. No, no one. No one watches the football anymore Let's try then Derek McInnes He's giving us his post-match thoughts Yeah I thought we were very good in the game I thought from the first whistle We were, we were bright were we? Enough intensity Aggression Speed in the game That the game d- demanded I thought defended very well Concentration against a good team Who have been So forget Rangers have been high scoring Free flowing Very good recently And uh, we tried to get The balance right Of trying to nullify that I thought they had some good possession and But it was all in their own half Really going side to side The centre-backs Never really opens up too often That was a lot of a lot of good work from my players but I thought we carried a threat a real threat and we broke really well um, none more so in the penalty kick uh, and you've seen why I was so keen to have Gary involved um, he brings us that speed and uh, incisiveness and penetration and I thought that we were good value for going 1-0 up McKenna then hits the bar when he's second uh, just shortly after you know and we wanted that second goal and I thought we did enough and we had enough chances to get the second goal second half and I think we contained a, a good Rangers team with good players for long periods disappointed with the goal we lost Sam just gets blocked off I think with young Lewis can impede him as he goes to gets the flight of the ball and 
and for Warwick to put the ball in so low is disappointing for us. But you know you're not going to get it all your own way, own way and I thought we responded well to that equaliser and I thought we had good chances of our own to get the second goal. So naturally we're disappointed we've, we've not won the game from a winning position um, but really pleased with the, the performance and uh, the effort from my team. The thoughts of Derek McInnes there following the game I was just about to bring this up Hugh Keevens It's yeah. almost like Willie and Pollock can read my mind So I'll let him do it Hi Willie How you doing? On you go Willie Hugh Yes sir I'm sad to hear about the pass of Eric Calder today What do you think? Well I was just explaining to young Gordon here Young whippersnapper <laughs> That uh, this gentleman Eric Calder Superb fullback The most dignified of men the first man to lead Rangers as a captain into a European final, the very first Cup Winners' Cup final, 1961, although Rangers lost it, 4-1 to Fiorentina. Uh, part of a, a Rangers side who were able to win five league titles under Eric Caldo. And I was just recalling to Gordon that he was such a smart man, such a smart, dignified gentleman, that when he became the manager of Stranraer in the early 70s, Whenever I spoke to him, I felt that I should brush my hair carefully and uh, tidy my tie so that uh, I could look half as smart as he did. He was a thorough gentleman on and off the park. He was never, to the best of my recollection, he was never booked. Never. Uh, terrific fullback for Scotland as well. Suffered that triple leg break at Wembley in 1963, which ended his international career. He still came back to play for Rangers. An absolute gentleman, a solid fullback, and uh, I repeat, the kind of man from a bygone era who was a pleasure to meet. Yeah, I've, I've met him many times uh, at Ibrox over the years, Gordon. I think you touched upon it. He was a gentleman. Whenever I get an opportunity to speak to him, he just came across a really good individual, very kind of mild mannered, well spoken guy. And I, I was talking to you about the players of that generation. They always had time for younger guys uh -huh. Communicating with the, the fans at large And uh, it would be sadly missed Because he was a lovely person You got fond memories yourself Willie? Oh hi I had a whole team I and that day Richie Sheeran, Caldo, Davis, Patterson, Baxter, Scott McMillan, Miller, Brandon Wilson What a team See Hugh Keevans did well, that in the office Willie But you were quicker <laughs> you, you know your stuff uh, thanks very much uh, Well, well, well said That was Willie And Pollock 01419511025 Let's hear from you We're going to look back On events And there were many of them At Easter Road On Saturday After the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors A team that gets results Every week Talk to Thompson's.com it's Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray Here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard We are also on Twitter Remember at Clyde SSB But it's 01419511025 Let's hear from you on the phones Another big weekend of Scottish football Lots to discuss So let's do it Neil Lennon says His Celtic side were outstanding Against Hibs in the 2-0 win uh, After the goals Lennon called Forrest and Brown Celtic great and he said he's relieved he didn't bring the Great Cup record to an end. Yeah, I'm absolutely delighted. Got everything I wanted. Outstanding performance from the team. Yeah, total control. Second half was as good as I've seen them play for a while. Brilliant mentality. Very, very difficult week for them all, physically and emotionally. So for them to go out and play the way they did, particularly in the second half, just speaks volumes to this group of players. Forrest and Brown, it's like going back in time to 2010. They were with me at that time. Nine years later, they're still outstanding footballers of this club. For me, they're two Celtic greats and uh, they're still writing plenty of chapters 
for what they've got left in their time here. It's not about me, and I wanted to make sure that hoping we'd win. And you come in only at half time, you're thinking anything could happen second half, but you know the the performance second half gives me a lot of encouragement going forward. It was brilliant. I haven't seen a player like that against Hibs for a while, you know, especially here and uh, the manner of the goals. And we could have had more, you know. So every one of them, I couldn't have asked any more from them tonight. Just it's relief, you know, because you didn't want to come in after 23 cup games and be the one that, that spoils that run or. You know, people point the finger at you. So I'm really, really pleased we accomplished that today. And again, I've got to pay tribute to John and Damien, and Stevie Woods, and my backroom staff as well for you know helping me out the last three or four days. Can argue two outstanding goals from James Forrest and Scott Brown. Scott Brown three goals in his last six games. What is going on? Uh, and it was a first class performance. Second half from Celtic, they, they blew Hibs away, uh, and. No wonder Neil Lennon wanted a couple of days off after that because the the emotional strain that he must have been under, Tynecastle, then Easter Road, taking over from Brendan Rodgers under the unbelievable glare of the spotlight that was created by Brendan Rodgers' departure for Leicester. So. 28 minutes into the show before you mentioned his name, Hugh Keevans. This yeah. would have been unheard of last week. And you know what? Did we get record Scottish viewing figures for Leicester's game for the weekend do you think well I would think so yes uh, but I think it's now time to stop mentioning Brendan Rodgers because in fairness to Neil Lennon he's taken on the, the responsibility he has that record to protect of uh, Celtic never having lost a cup game in the last three seasons uh, and he did that and he got the league points at Tynecastle uh, and he put Celtic in the semi-finals so for him and for the players, it was a real good night's work at Easter Road. Yeah, we, we were in the studio, Gordon, with uh, some of the, the footage on, and uh, I says that I felt as if it was just a matter of time before Celtic scored. Uh, the way that Hibs set up to drop off, I thought it was just inviting Celtic to come on, and, and the two goals he got were fabulous. That James Forrest, 20th goal of the season, you know. That's a remarkable return for someone playing in a wider mm. area, and, you know, we've still got, what, 10 or 12 games to go? John's in Clyde Bank. Hi, John. Alright guys, good evening, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks um, I tried to go on last week but it was like It was easier to get through to the <laughs> Downing Street than it was last week um, On a more positive note On Celtic Football Club is, is the Celtic captain, Scott Brown Scott Brown Had an absolute nightmare At home against Valencia He had a 10 minutes A ball Four balls And he had a nightmare Spread out to the team and we had a nightmare since then, that player has not done anything wrong. He's grew a Celtic player. He's grew as an inspiration. The last week, what happened as well with um, our ex-manager and Neil Lennon came in and, and taking over, he has stood up and been counted as a Celtic captain. And for me, that man is an inspiration to all midfielders in Scottish football. That's what playing football is all about. And that's what's playing for a club is all about. He has been absolutely superb. Well, superb. Uh, and I've always I wrote I wrote him off. He's not got the legs, but he he really scored against Hearts. He seems to have pushed up. He, he doesn't seem to come back and get the ball and starting it off. He seems to have pushed up maybe ten fifteen feet into the game, and it's had a positive effect on Celtic Football Club. It has been great being there at, uh, away games as well, watching them dictate. He's an inspiration to all young midfielders. That's what you you have to aim for. Yep, well, I couldn't argue with any of that. He's been an inspiration for some years, uh, not just the last few weeks, but uh, 
It's interesting We had a caller a couple of weeks ago Who I thought and said Launched a personal and savage attack on Scott Brown uh, Even to the extent of talking about his shaved head Trying to look like a hard man And this was a Celtic supporter uh, So uh, and we haven't heard from him since, strangely um, But Scott Brown did have a big influence uh, On the, the, the matches against Hearts and Hibs Likewise James Forrest uh, And you know now they move on They move on to Aberdeen Neil uh, Lennon's uh, homecoming at Celtic Park If you like on Saturday And everyone James Forrest, Scott Brown, Neil Lennon They all know the requirement here They have to maintain that 8 point lead over Rangers in the league They have to try If it's possible to win the, the Scottish Cup And therefore a treble treble So they're all well aware They don't need me to remind them Or anyone else to remind them uh, and they have started under Neil Lennon uh, in the most positive fashion possible. I suppose it would be times like this, Alex, where you would look to Scott Brown if you were, you know, if you were the Celtic manager, yeah. if you were a Celtic fan, because I know Brendan Rodgers left and they're eight points clear, but that can still be a disruptive time. It can be a strange time for players, the younger players, players that Brendan Rodgers has brought in, players that he was particularly close with. So these are the times that you would. Hope that Scott Brown sort of you know steps up and, and takes that responsibility. It's just it's leadership, Gordon, and uh, but you have to take into consideration as well. Since since Celtic lost to to Rangers and then the winter break, they've had eleven cup and uh, league wins on the bounce. Obviously, lost twice to Valencia, but it's a team that's on the front foot. So as much as it's a disruption in terms of you've lost your manager, so we bit a shock. One of the great things about being a footballer is this: whatever's going on out with. Once you go over that white line, you are then back into what's familiar to you and then you just, things start taking its own course. And I think that's what Celtic's done. You'll just look, there, obviously, the way they're about their business in the last couple of games, you know, having lost a manager, they've just went seamlessly and continued to win. John, just as a matter of interest, purely personal interest, uh, you referred to the club's ex-manager without naming him. We had a caller last week who said he would not allow his name to be spoken in his house again. Are, are you in that camp as well? Hugh, uh, I've got mixed emotions about. Uh, I'll actually call him BR. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got mixed emotions. When I, when I was at the game on, on Saturday, there was a he was getting slagged, and I'll say fifty percent were slagging him, fifty percent weren't. Right? He done. He got seven out of seven. You couldn't ask any more domestically. Europe, okay, it wasn't the best, but we're never going to win any European trophies. So, but this is the thing, Hugh. He walked out in Celtic Football Club at the most crucial period of the year, wiped out the backroom staff. So, what does that tell you? All that high regard and all that slosh that he was talking about for the club, he then goes and stabs them in the back. I think as time goes on, I will remember Brendan Rodgers. Oh, you said that, John. I'll give him his name. (laughs) I will give him the respect and the pat in the back that he deserves. But, he left a sour taste. He left uh, things done that, that shouldn't have been happening. And, and But you've, 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 listened, you've listened to me over the years, guys. I was never a big Brendan Rodgers fan. I, I don't fall for the, all the stuff that he spoke about. I got a bit, I got my hand bit all them years ago with the Morris Johnston affair. So I don't, I had that. That's too good to be true. That's too good to be true. So I always know a manager can walk out and on you any time he likes. And when, when I was told that, when I seen that on Twitter, when it was released, 
I was not one bit surprised. And then anyone that knows me knows how I felt about Brendan Rodgers. I always thought that he was kidding us on. And that is the truth. That is the truth. And, um, I always knew if he could get, if he would get an offer to England, he would be there quicker than that, whatever. And it made the logistical sense for him to go down near his family. I understand why he's went for the money, the family, a bigger league, the bigger picture. But how he walked away and left Celtic Football Club, who he professed was his dream job, just left a very bitter taste. All right, thank you, John and Clyde Bank. I really like that. Technique at the start, and he said BR. That was as far as he was willing yeah. to go. The initials, and then eventually, I, I, I have a feeling that in John's house, when Watford made it 2 1 yesterday, there might have been a bit of shouting and bowling. Williams and Craig Ent, hi, William. How you doing? Good, good evening, guys. Hi. How you doing? Hi, William. I say I accepted a long time ago that there's no loyalty in football, so uh, Brendan Rodgers leaving isn't a, isn't a shock to me, but I think uh, the transition between one manager to our next manager has been absolutely seamless. I think uh, we all know Neil Lennon is Neil Lennon fits like a glove at Celtic, and I think it's just been it's just been absolutely seamless. I think when everybody can in a couple of weeks' time, everybody can sit back and say see what position Brendan Rodgers have been be in uh, as far as Celtic's history goes. He will be remembered. There's no doubt he'll be remembered for the invincible season and the trophies uh, domestically. But for me, he's, he's he's still below a few a few managers that are, that that are just untouchable. I think, in fairness, you know, you speak of the transition being seamless, and you're absolutely correct. Uh, and Neil Lennon will get a remarkable ovation when he comes out of the tunnel at Celtic Park on Saturday for the game against Aberdeen. But it's interesting, you know, John Kennedy has emerged as number two at Celtic now, uh, and. Also, the introduction of Damien Duff to the backroom staff and Stevie Woods, who's a constant there, the goalkeeping coach. So it's it's interesting. It, you, you know the script yourself. If Neil Lennon wins the title and the Scottish Cup, there's almost a moral obligation on Celtic's part to install him as the permanent manager because to take up the reins at the time when he did given the two fixtures that Celtic had in Edinburgh back-to-back, given the absolute chaos created by the ex-manager BR's departure, <laughs> uh, you know, Neil Lennon has has uh, really taken the responsibility on board and with John Kennedy and Damien Duff and Stevie mm. Woods, made the most of it. Thanks for that, HK. Uh, thank you, William and Craig End as well. We've got a big game just down the road at Firhill Partick Thistle against Hearts in the Scottish Cup tonight, the quarter-final. Uh, it's been a, a difficult season for Partick Thistle. Imagine they were to then go and get themselves wow. into the last four. Well, the team news tonight, Connor Hazard in goals for Partick Thistle. Outfield, Christy Elliott, James Penrice, Stephen Anderson, Blair Spittle, Gary Harkins, Craig Slater, Aidan Fitzpatrick, Lewis Mann, Jack McMillan and Stephen Saunders as for the visitors a strong looking team as you would expect although no Stephen Naismith for Hearts was Lamal Suter Herring Berra Bazanich Clare Jim Garuccio McLean Ike Piazzu and Godinho um, no Naismith amongst the subs either how do you see that one going Hugh it's a huge night for, for both with very different pressures well I mean the pressure has to be in Hearts as, as yeah. the favourites and sure. what a chance for Thistle to Give their fans a real highlight of what's been a difficult season. You're inclined to say this would be so typical of Partick Thistle down throughout the decades. They're bottom of the championship. They're fighting relegation to the third tier of Scottish football. Could they make the semi-finals of the Scottish Cup? However, 
Sometimes I think reality has to take over. Ike Piazza is a monster. And he will try to monster the entire Partick Thistle rearguard. And he's a very hard man to pin down. And yes, the loss of Stephen Naismith is significant. But I just have to feel that Hearts have the players who can get the job done at Firhill. That'll be a good battle tonight. Anderson, the old warhorse at the back for Partick mm. Thistle against Sig mm. Piazza. But you've got Steve McLean as well up top as well. Wiley Fox. So, but Hearts do go into this in big favourites. But I have to say... For how? Yeah. Dodgy pitch. You never know. There we are. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Thirty five minutes to kick off in that one. Uh, it was yet another weekend. It saddens me to say, genuinely, that we have to talk about the unsavoury side of our game. There's so much to like, but there's a lot to dislike, and it's important we're honest about that. So we'll look at some of those incidents after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Alex Ray and Hugh Keevens are here, so give us a call or send us a tweet following on from the, the previous caller. He would only go as far as to call Brendan Rogers BR. Yeah. Um, and we've got one on Twitter. Peter says BR's achievement nowhere near those of JS or MO to <laughs> nearly name two, he says. And that uh, should be MON, strictly speaking. And uh, Hugh Moan sums it up. He says, Can I mention my beloved Watford's thrilling 2 1 win over <laughs> Leicester? Next week, I shall tweet about my beloved Fulham. Match at um, Leicester Come on you cottagers He says <laughs> There we go We've all grown mad It's all good fun 01419511025 What is not good fun Hugh Evans, Yeah Is uh, bottles Being thrown at players Yeah uh, Chairs being thrown I think we've already covered off It's a depressing list really um, yeah. Whether it's sectarian singing Coin throwing And I, I feel as if we're now at a stage Hugh surely Where and by the way we should have been at this stage a long time ago it's now no longer important which set of fans is doing what no. what team they support and which section of the media is calling out this one but not calling out that one yeah. it's happening everywhere it's being reported everywhere and we need to get a grip of it yeah say it slowly a man or a woman because we don't know threw a bottle a glass bottle at Scott Sinclair not bothered by what Damage might follow That is intolerable If I Had watched Willie Collum Lift the bottle And say To both sets of players Not having it Come off the park I would not have criticised Willie Collum And I'm not sure That Paul Heckingbottom Or Neil Lennon Would have criticised them either Because We have to bring people To their senses And we have to Have this kind of thing Stop Scott Sinclair is a man at his work The football pitch is his place of work If someone came into our place of work And started throwing bottles Then we would demand police intervention And we would demand heavy sentences in court Then we go to Pataudry 24 hours later People are ripping out seats with their bare hands And throwing them into a crowd Where they don't know if they're going to harm men, women or children what in the name of goodness have we become? And you're quite right, Gordon, to say this is not about Celtic or Rangers. This is about a countrywide problem. Someone from the section of the ground threw the bottle at Scott Sinclair. When Neil Lennon was struck by a coin at Tynecastle earlier in the season, it came from the heart section of the ground. We've had St Mirren supporters who apparently were spitting on 
an unconscious Dundee United fan on a stretcher. I repeat, what have we become? I mean, Alex Ray, we must also acknowledge that, that you can get carried away and that you can go over the top in the criticism, but sometimes, I mean, when it comes to throwing a bottle, yeah. let, let, let's just think for one second about the, the, the horrible possibility that that hits Scott Sinclair. I mean, it doesn't really bear thinking about, does it? This is this is this is serious stuff. Without a shadow of doubt, and I actually agree with what you said when you're opening remarks, Gordon. In terms, it's across the board. It's actually got to the stage now where we have to step back. We have to have zero tolerance. Um, I was talking to my good pal today, David Farrell, uh, and and we were talking about this kind of escalating. There's no two ways about this. This is going from bad to worse, mm. and it's 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 happening across the country. We need to try and get on top of it in some way and think about a deterrent for these individuals. Now, when I said zero tolerance, we, when this first started about maybe two or three months ago and there was just wee flickers of this kind of happening, I said at the time, if we can identify them now, we have CCTV at most grounds, top grounds today. The police as well obviously have a, a you know, video because it's, it for me, it's segments you. It's not the whole grounds. You've got family sections, so you're going to specifically target certain parts of grounds where you think that there's going to be trouble try and identify them pull them out there and then season ticket lifelong bans and then jail them actually jail them and then be you know get the the, 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 the politicians so that they actually have penalties they will lose their jobs can you imagine that hit someone so that somebody's at the game and they've made that co- that conscious decision to hit someone with a bottle. Problem is the punishment has to fit the crime, and it probably would in that case. I mean, throwing a bottle yeah. is extremely yeah. serious. But then when you go to some of the so-called lesser offences, what would you do? Anyway, let's speak to Robert, who's in Newlands, a Rangers fan. Hi, Robert. Ian and Taro, um, I was in. I was at Petardry yesterday, and I'm, I'm actually quite saddened about what I witnessed yesterday and the amount of um, hooliganism and thuggery that I've seen with my own fans. Um, this is football, right? This isn't the UFC, right? The WWE. We don't need to hype up Scottish football because it's already hyped up within the fans. The problem that we have is that the stewards are not doing enough to regulate the hooliganism and the, the violence that is, is obviously being displayed. Now, obviously a steward isn't in a, in a professional capacity to physically remove someone from the game unless accompanied by the police. But this is where I think the government should step in. I think there should be more police presence at football, no matter what level it's at, because with Scott Sinclair getting a bottle thrown at him and nearly hitting him, is how's a glass bottle getting into a football ground? How is how is that allowed? Sure, I know you can hide it in a pocket in your pocket and all this, but I don't want to be searched before I go into a football game, but with stuff like this happening These measures will have to be put into place Yeah, the the government may likely put them into place as well Because football, at the highest level of our game SPFL, SFA Football is not showing the required level of statesmanship and leadership And therefore, the government will take this matter out of football's hands And football mm. won't like that but, Yeah, And the thing is, that is a dangerous road to go down Because we've already seen it We had an, an act of parliament you know, we, had a, we had a law that had to be repealed, Hugh Because mm. it, it, it wasn't fit for purpose already As much as... Where, where is the, where's the line here? Because you get the impression that this is football's problem yeah. And that football has to do something about it Strict liability, you know, points docked for clubs you're not allowed to throw bo- glass bottles you. It's illegal yeah. If I was to go in the street And throw a glass bottle at someone I would be arrested That's So why it's not all about It's not all about It being football's problem Yeah 
But unfortunately society's misfits go to football uh, That's why I say The day may be at hand now Where a Willie Collum Or a John Beaton or a Kevin Clancy says Come on, off the park If a bottle is going to be thrown at a player With no regard for his health uh, Then maybe it's time The players come off the park Maybe it's time PFA Scotland Who have issued a statement today Requesting that something be done as a matter of urgency Maybe it's time they balloted their members See if they want to go on strike Because you can't be a hooligan if the ground's closed You, you, know, you then become society's mm. problem But something radical has to be done To bring people to their senses Because people who throw bottles Are showing no regard for a man's health Anything could have happened to Scott Sinclair And when people are ripping seats out With their bare hands And hurling them into a crowd Not knowing the damage that they could do Then I don't think it's too radical to say Okay, there's a strike on There's no football Until you lot calm down uh, Robbie's got a solution I think Robbie and Falkirk Hi Robbie How you doing? How you doing? You and uh, Alec You doing alright guys? Hi. Yes fine, right. thanks uh, I, I tell you what it is I think that um, It's a good idea um, For uh, Nets to now be put up Right over the front of these stands now I know that's that would be quite sad Because it still gives a sense Of some sort of barrier Between the crowd And the players But These Nets are really really thin They're really really thin And, and it's to actually see the, uh, the game it, it wouldn't hamper uh, the crowd's vision to see the game I'm sure some of the German stadiums have got these thin nets the only thing that no, was just when, I, when I've been waiting here to come on the thing that really uh, puts me off about the nets is it doesn't really matter because when, <laughs> they probably end up getting burst because when as we know when a goal gets scored in some high profile games you get the the players rushing right down towards uh, behind the goals and stuff like that so now and again, you probably get fans jumping over and busting the nets at the very, very bottom. But I think it would be a fantastic idea. As I say, it's still pretty sad, if you know what I mean, because it would uh, bring a sense of a barrier between uh, what's going on in the park and actual the fans, and that would be pretty sad. Robbie, you know what I mean, and I don't. Yeah, but what, what, what would happen then? Fans would say, "Ah, oh, no, wait a minute. You are criminalising the crowd." And you are destroying your match day experience. Well, why don't you try and turn in the guy who threw the bottle at Scott Sinclair? Why don't you turn in those that, who are ripping seats? Is that out? not easier said than done? I, I I understand that, but we're going round in circles then, because unless people are made to behave or somehow learn to behave, then this has become a trend. Coin throwing. Became a trend Heaven help us Bottle throwing Might become a trend uh, So we have got to address this matter In a serious Robust way And we have to appreciate That football players At their place of work Are being Treated in a manner That shows no regard For their health Any Anything could have happened To Scott Sinclair yesterday Or 
the pundit. With goals in the Scottish sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. Thanks to Robbie and Falkirk with that suggestion. It's time to play Beat the Pundit. One of you could be taking on Hugh Keevens or Alex Ray and winning yourself a signed ball in the process. You need to give us a call before the news at 7 o'clock, so be quick. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevens and Alex Ray are here. We're fast approaching kickoff between Partick Thistle and Hearts in the Scottish Cup quarter final. We'll then get the draw after that. So let us know if your team's already in or if you've got a replay to face. Let us know who you would rather face in the semis. Would you rather avoid your big rivals until the final if possible? Or would you like a crack at them in the semis? You tell us 01419511025 uh, And uh, an anniversary of sorts today Hugh Did yeah. you know? Fergus McCann 25 years Indeed ago He arrived at Celtic I'm going to get your thoughts on that After this Beat the pundit With goals in the Scottish sun The SPFL and EPL latest Every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday Beat the pundit time A new week A clean slate for Hugh Evans and Alex Ray One of them is taking on John Who's a Rangers fan in shots Hi John Hiya Fancy your chances tonight John Have you ever played before? Uh, first time player Oh right I like that That's always like a debut If you like on Beat the Pundit debut. So I'm going to toss the coin Head you're up against Hugh Evans And tails you will be taking on Alex Ray So let's see who we get on And it is heads Hugh Evans against John from shots So let me give Hugh a bit of Clyde 2 in his ear Make sure he doesn't know what we are saying Right John, here's the deal 30 seconds Head to head You can pass Here is your chance to beat the pundit Are you ready? Yep What was the final score of Dundee United Inverness yesterday? 2-1 Inverness Fourth Bank is the home ground of which Scottish club? Annan Ryan Flynn scored a last minute winner for which Scottish side on Saturday? Pass In which decade did Berwick Rangers beat Rangers in the Scottish Cup? 80. Name any one of the four Motherwell players called up to Scotland under 21 squad today. Oh, pass. Who did Claudio Canigia play with immediately before joining Rangers? Pass. Go on, just guess one. Just guess a team. Where did you get Canigia from? Ah, oh, it's in the back of my head, but I can't remember. Name a team, um, any team. Flontina. Right, okay. Let me bring. Hugh Keevens back Can you hear us Hugh? I can You can right Same set of questions to you Shall we? Okay What was the final score Of Dundee United Inverness yesterday? 2-1 Inverness Fourth Bank Is the home ground Of which Scottish club? Medbank Ryan Flynn Scored a last minute winner For which Scottish side On Saturday In which decade Did Berwick Rangers Beat Rangers In the Scottish Cup? In the 60s Name any one of the Four Motherwell players Called up to the Scotland 21's squad Um, Hasty who did Claudio Canigia play with immediately before joining Rangers? Dundee. And Lee Wilkie played for both sides of which Scottish Derby? Dundee Derby. Okay. What do you think, John? I absolutely scalped me. Scalped you? Is that, is that a technical term, Alex? Is it? <laughs> oh, listen, these questions were easy tonight. <laughs> Let's go through them. What was the final score of Dundee United Inverness? It was 2 1 to Inverness. You both got that right. So it was a winning start anyway, John. Yeah, let's be honest It sort of went downhill after that But uh, let's find out how drastically Fourth Bank is the home of Stirling Albion and ah. Hugh Meadow Bank I know, where'd that come from? <laughs> Absolutely no idea I should do- I think dock you some points for that It was that bad Ryan Flynn scored the last minute winner for St Mirren 2-1 to Hugh Keevens 3-1 to Hugh Keevens Because Berwick Rangers beat Rangers 
in the 60s John you're a Rangers fan But is it is that a generation thing? Did age get the better of you there? Yeah, age definitely get better see, see, this is what happens Hugh When you're 154 Correct. You've got a big advantage over everyone So it's 3-1 to you Name any one of four Motherwell players Called up to the Scotland 21s You had the choice of uh, Alan Campbell David Turnbull Jake Hasty, And the sneaky one was Barry Maguire um, Claudio Canigia played with Dundee Before joining Rangers So it's 5-1 to Hugh Keevans and he just added a little bit of style A 6-1 victory with Lee Wilkie playing for both sides In the Dundee Derby John, in your words You were scalped Hard lines <laughs> no right, John Good man Good man That was John's debut on Beat the Pundit Not a great debut, let's be honest But he, he, the, he got the, one. the good thing is You can come on again Things can only get better from there For younger listeners Meadowbank are now known as Livingston But <laughs> Even if I docked you a point for that though You would have still won So You see that's a It's a double edged sword You know I can remember Rangers losing to Berwick in 1967 I can also remember when Livingston were called mm. Meadowbank And you can't see? remember what you had for breakfast this morning So it I, catches I up with you Shortbread I had Shortbread? For breakfast? Yeah For breakfast? Yeah I, I don't what? like breakfast I, I just Hold on a minute He says he doesn't like sweet things On Saturday's it? show He reveals that he doesn't like chocolate at all and now you don't like breakfast Like, no, just like, what, like a, The concept of breakfast I just like a little biscuit And a cup of tea And that'll do me Shortbread for breakfast I'll eat later on Honestly Right Partick Thistle nil Hearts nil With two and a half minutes mm. On the clock Hearts are giving it A good go yeah, early on Yeah they've uh, Berra's just had a good Opportunity there And John Suter Also had a good chance So It's backs to the wall At the moment For Partick Thistle Which is making me think I should get the predictions Up and running Before someone scores Hugh Keevans 3-0 Hearts Oof Kiss of death for the Jumbos, Alex. <laughs> Two nil hearts. Okay. I wondered, did you have that all along, or have you just watched the first two minutes and seen Hearts <laughs> absolutely battering them? I was actually going to thought... go for three, now and Hugh says, "I know that's that beat right away." So it's either two <laughs> or four. All uh, right, Hugh. I'm wondering if we take a trip down memory lane here on mm. the phones or on Twitter. You're good at that. So, um, 25 years to the day, Fergus McCann came to Celtic. How yeah. would you assess his contribution to the club? And I suppose indirectly then to Scottish football. You have to understand where Celtic were. Uh, the bank were on the verge of uh, closing Celtic down. Uh, for a sum of money that uh, would now seem ridiculous to anyone, you, you couldn't you couldn't buy Odson Edward for the money that Celtic owed. Uh, and yet they were on the, the verge of foreclosure at the bank. Uh, so Brian Dempsey um, went over uh, and... Got things organised with Fergus McCann Brought him over here um, Days after he arrived here This was all about a PR exercise Fergus had to sell himself to the Celtic support And convince them that he was the man Who could save the club and take it forward So Celtic were playing at home that Saturday I was uh, sent to the match by Super Scoreboard uh, And it was agreed that uh, Fergus would appear And... Uh, Speak on the, the phones from 5 until 6 o'clock We were just about to begin uh, When a gentleman came along And uh, said that we had to leave the ground By order of the club He didn't quite put it that way But uh, So we were Ordered out the stadium And I remember saying to the, the steward You do realise that in a couple of weeks time You'll be referring to this gentleman as Mr McCann He then gave me an answer Which could not be repeated on this programme It's a family show we went outside, we sat in the Super Scoreboard Jeep, outside Broadcast Jeep, and Fergus uh, spoke to the Celtic supporters on the phone lines. And all the while, the Celtic supporters coming out of the match 
were banging on the side of the jeep to uh, to shout their support for Fergus. It was quite quite an afternoon. And from then on, his place in the history is absolutely assured. Um, Fergus had the smarts. He had the money, his money, and he put it on the line, all of it. And he had the smarts to make sure that he made himself a very tidy profit, which was his to take. There can be no concern over Fergus taking that amount of money away with him. He put his money on the line to save Celtic. He made a huge profit and he took it away with him. And he said he would stay for five years and then do that, which is what he did. He didn't do everything that appealed to the Celtic supporters or indeed to the Celtic manager. But in the long term, he was essential. The The Celtic that you see now was created by Fergus McCann. Of that, there is absolutely no doubt. And when he left, he left a business model that is still in place to this day. And he left the club in the, the safest hands possible. 25 years ago That will certainly make Some of you feel old If you've got any memories From around that time Or you want to look back Give us a shout 0141 951 We're also on Twitter At Clyde SSB It is still goalless Between Partick Thistle and Hearts Six and a half minutes gone A rare sight Of the, the Hearts goal For Partick Thistle Alex from a free kick But uh, Couldn't really make nothing. it count Yeah it came to nothing They they strayed offside Gordon And didn't even get an opportunity To compete for the ball And uh, Hearts got the field again in a uh, similar fashion as the first five or six minutes. Oh, one four one nine five one one zero two five. Kenny's a Rangers fan in Irvine. Hi, Kenny. Hi, you doing, panel? Okay. Yeah, not bad, Kenny. Kenny. Um, it's just a couple of points. Just getting back to the Aberdeen Rangers game. Um, it was just to see the panel's view um, on obviously the Maxi Low incident on Arfield. Now, I understand obviously the challenge was quite bad from uh, Shinny, um, and obviously he might have made a wee bit late. You know, it's argu- arguable, but. It's the fact that he went down and leaned down to Arfield and put his two hands and smashed them down at the ground um, after it, which I, I think I'm right in saying he didn't get booked or anything like for that. Yeah. And if, I think if we role reversed it um, and you had Morelos in, um, doing that to any player in the Aberdeen uh, 11, I think there'd have been different consequences and a bigger meal made of it. I just wanted to see what the panel thought of that. Absolutely. I think you're absolutely right, Kenny. He got involved and there was no need to. Arfield was on the ground. He wasn't rolling about. He wasn't trying to... Uh, as he said in today's paper, trying to get uh, Shinny sent off. I think the referee got it right in terms of the yellow. And, um, you know, to push him on the ground, if the rules had been reversed, it would have been shown all over the place. And uh, Morelos, and, you know, and if you look at the highlights last night as well, there was a little kind of flick for Morelos, but it was actually nothing, you know, in terms of any contact or anything. And I've yeah. got to the stage now, Kenny, where if you have to highlight every single little brush or wee flick or anything with no substance to it we'll never be finished here we'll never get any football spoken and and unfortunately that's the you know the narrative now because everybody's trying to do someone else because of you know the slightest of things and we're getting away from mm. the bigger picture for me it has yeah, to be about football if it was like uh, tit for tat and they were trying to pick every single challenge we would have no football players <laughs> left in the park I don't think um, what about Kenny's initial point though Hume I mean Max Lowe certainly I don't think you could really defend it as such he, he takes a bit of a chance doesn't he we don't know specifically what was going on in his head or what, what he was you know but he's he's clearly not happy with Scott Arfield he's leaned down and sort of pushed him yeah he, there's no doubt he's the aggressor and uh, he was at fault there the, this particular fixture Aberdeen against Rangers I don't mean Rangers Aberdeen at Ibrooks. 
this particular fixture at Pataudry is problematic. It was on Steven Gerrard's first day at work uh, when Alfredo Morelos was sent off and it continues to be that way. Every time Rangers play at Pataudry, uh, it is far more volatile than any Celtic visit to Pataudry. Uh, we all know that this goes all the way back to Ian Durant and Neil Simpson uh, and the bad blood created then uh, has yet to find a cure. Uh, so that particular fixture has become a problem and I, I think it works against uh, Aberdeen as much as it works mm. for them. They're, they're Absolutely. Thanks. Um, it was just to see about the, the kind of diluted <laughs> Morelos we saw once he obtained yeah. the yellow card. Yeah. Does that maybe show a little bit of restraint in the work that maybe Gerald's done in him? I mean, don't be wrong, it's still had a wee nick, as, as Gavin has said rightly there, but compared Alex, to that, Alex, Kenny, the yellow card, Gav- Gavin's right. in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but the series on, on Kenny's point, though. Is, is that what it was? A diluted Morelos? I quite like that. Yeah, well, I, I said at the start of the programme, his uh, influence was blunted by the, the yellow card. Uh, perhaps he's actually able now to think for himself and say, well, I'm on a yellow card. I know what's going to happen here. Yeah, I, I, I need to keep myself uh, under control. The problem is he keeps himself under control and a little bit of his effectiveness was lost. But... I'm sure the Rangers fans, Kenny included, would rather have him on the park a little bit affected than off the park and Rangers affected in a big way. Is that is that why, Alex? I mean, is it is it as simple as that? Because obviously some guys don't they don't always perform to the top of their game. Was he having a, a slightly off day or was it because of the booking, do you think? I think part of it is because of the booking, Gordon, purely for the point is this guy likes to mix it, he likes to be physical with centre halves. He likes to back in. He likes to let them know that he's there. And when, once he had been booked, he couldn't quite do that because if he oversteps the boundaries again, then he, he would ultimately get another yellow card. But um, uh, and and I think it actually kind of hindered his performance on the day. It's as quiet as I've seen him for a while. I've been shouting. Oh, there we go. There's one nil to Hearts. <laughs> but I've actually been I've been shouting for ages that. This guy needs to be playing at the top of his game And when he is, he's unplayable And uh, I think the, the booking most certainly had its uh, Challenges for him mm. to deal with after that then, yesterday Partick Thistle nil, Hearts one, And it's the captain, Christoph Berra Not known for his goal scoring He usually does his work at the other end But how many set pieces have Hearts had already? It was floated out to the edge of the box Then fired back in And you have to say it's a great leap yeah. From Christoph Berra gets above I think it's Stephen Saunders um, yeah. Generates all the power himself Alex Because there's no yeah. real pace on the ball And it loops into the back of the net I have to say The the, the work that they're doing on the training ground Hearts is most certainly paying off What happens is It's a short corner It stood back up to the kind of 8-10 yards out And he heads it back for where it came from It's an absolutely outstanding header mm. And he got a warning in the first two minutes Maybe better just heading one wide of the Partick Thistle 12 minutes gone big, big way to go now Yeah big advantage to Hearts early on Partick Thistle have got a bit of work to do Paul is a Celtic fan in Airdrie Hi Paul Hi there Thanks for taking my call No problem Paul um, It was a question I had for Hugh Keevans Who always thinks got a, uh, An insight into these Historical type questions But I was thinking back When you were talking about Fergus McCann there And I remember When Jock Brown was uh, At Parkhead He said that When they came to write The history of Celtic only Jock Steen would be held in higher regard than Fergus McCann. And I wonder if you, 25 years on from I'm coming to Parkhead, would agree with that? Um, now, 
Jock scene obviously uh, tops the list because uh, he was the one who had the modern day Celtic uh, that, that began in 65 when uh, Celtic beat them firm in the Scottish Cup final then went on to to do nine in a row won the European Cup first British side to do so so Big Jock's place is enshrined Fergus is there because of another matter he saved Celtic from going under it was as simple as that you know the, and 25 years on it remains as simple as that he saved Celtic from going under so does that make him bigger than Billy McNeil Martin O'Neill uh, Brendan Rogers? Uh, you know I suppose if you work by this simple rule of thumb without Fergus McCann there wouldn't have been a Martin O'Neill or a Brendan Rogers or indeed a Neil Lennon because there wouldn't have been a Celtic but for Fergus McCann so that's his importance Fergus wouldn't be bothered if you told him now that it was 25 years ago today he might not even know he was bothered in the business aspect of saving Celtic and he truly did have that lifelong affection for Celtic but it was about business and that's why the late Tommy Burns and Fergus went their separate ways because Tommy was absolutely desperate for Celtic to stop Rangers winning nine in a row and he was the manager for part of that time but Fergus wasn't interested in nine in a row he wanted Celtic to be saved and to be built up again as a self-sustaining business and built a new stadium so there Paul is the, the, the dilemma that uh, Tommy Burns had with him he was desperate for the emotional side of Celtic to be taken care of stop Rangers winning nine in a row Fergus was desperate for the economics to be right and for Celtic to build a new stadium and build the club up again Paul? Yes, I, absolutely I don't disagree with any that you said for, for me, you really have to remember Celtic pre-Fergus McCann and those dark days playing in front of 10,000 folk at uh, a dilapidated Celtic part and as you say without Fergus you wouldn't have the modern Celtic the Neil Lennons the Martin O'Neills and dare I say mm. the Brendan Rodgers uh, the Henrik Larsons even but for me when they come to write the history of Celtic number one Jockstein number two Fergus McCann and I wish there was a, a lasting legacy a stand or even the stadium named after him such as the date of gratitude I think every fan owes him you know it's a funny thing uh, very very briefly he was a, a a quirky little guy, Fergus, and he wasn't at all interested in his image. Not remotely interested. He just wanted Celtic to be big again and a big stadium. And whenever he met taxi drivers, you know, the the fountainhead of all knowledge in Glasgow is a taxi driver. Oh, without doubt. And he would get in to the cab and they would look in the rear view mirror and there's wee Fergus, bonnet and all. And they would start and he would say, don't talk, just drive. <laughs> Uh, Scotty's on Twitter He says Fergus McCann Delivered everything He said he would I happily gave him £750 for shares He's my Celtic hero Alongside Paul McStay And should be honoured By Celtic And James Anthony Sharing his memories Of that time He says I was delivering Willie Hockey's Evening newspapers <laughs> When I was a kid uh, And when it was announced He drove by Recognised me in his merc And shouted We done it wee man So there we go right. Lord, Lord Hockey now If you please Partick Thistle nil Hearts 1 uh, we're going to get a full-time teaser up and running And I'm wondering if we're going to hear from St Mirren fans That big result on Saturday That late winner Is that the turning point? Is that the moment your survival bid gets kick-started? 
Or are you still feeling a bit nervous about it all? You tell us 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Win the compensation you deserve Talk to thompsons.com Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans are here It's still Partick Thistle Nil Hearts 121 minutes on the clock Hearts set pieces causing all sorts of problems uh, For Partick Thistle A good move down the left though James Penrice with a lovely nutmeg Just couldn't quite find the cutback That's about all Partick Thistle Have been able to offer so far St Mirren fans I'm still looking for you 01419511025 Sum up your feelings When that Ryan Flynn goal went in at the weekend How big do you think that will turn out to be In your survival bid We're going to hear from Warren Kearney So we want to hear from you as well 01419511025 Right Easy Ish question on the teaser I think tonight Um, I I would go as far as to say I think we've maybe had it before Or we've had variations of it before Mm -hmm. Um, but with Brendan Rodgers Or BR As he's now known The ex-manager um, Heading down south I thought this was a good one to use tonight John Clark says Can you name 10 managers Who've managed Four or more clubs In the English Premier League So Roy Hodgson Yes Yes indeed well done Harry Oh Harry <laughs> Redknapp Yep Yep Uh. Brendan Rodgers? No Three mm. Ten managers who have managed four or more clubs in the English Premier Big League Sam? I'm fully expecting you lot to absolutely nail this on Twitter So let's hear from you Big Sam is one Yes yep. He's got the most One, two, three, four, five, seven Pad- English Premier League Pad- clubs you? Oh yes, you're flying now I think You've got four of four already So I'll give you some more thinking time Four out of the ten The ten managers who have managed four or more clubs in the English Premier League I can see some St Mirren fans Starting to get in touch So we'll hear from Warren Kearney In just a second Let's squeeze in one call Before we do that um, Who's been hanging on the longest Let's be fair Brian by a mile Hi Brian Hey 15 minutes No problem No that I'm counting <laughs> anyway, You know what It's actually 17 So you're a very understanding man My point is Connecting So we will connect In the shortest possible time Because I know that We've got a little or more Fergus McCann an outstanding human being who had no thought for Fergus McCann. He only thought about Celtic. That takes me on to my next connection. My next connection is Brendan Rodgers leaving. Now, regardless of what anybody says, up until Monday, Brendan Rodgers could do no wrong. We were taken in. We, we accepted. We took him as one of our own. Brendan Rodgers was a fantastic manager for not only Celtic, but for Scottish football. And anybody that tries to say anything different is kidding herself on. Leaving Celtic is what he done wrong. Leaving Celtic in the way he did it is what he done wrong. If you love Celtic, and you love Celtic the way that Henrik Larson did, the way that Henrik Larson done in his seven years, and the day that he left, Every single one of us that were at that game, watching them, tears rolling down his face and his interview afterwards. Anybody that loves football sees an emotion. Brendan Rodgers could not live up to that man. But Brendan Rodgers was brilliant for Scottish football. He, 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 he placed his back in the limelight. He'd maybe going to be good for Leicester. It's gone now. Neil Lennon is fantastic. That takes me back, all the way back round in this connection from... Fergus McCann. Fergus McCann was at school with my mum and I was really, really fortunate enough to meet Fergus McCann 
prior to him buying Celtic, I was fortunate enough because he went to St Ninians, St Modens, uh, near Stirling, and, and that was his dad was the, the headmaster. And I'm a member of the St Ninians Paul McStay. St Ninians Paul McStay have a guy who runs them. He, actually, there's a family that, that's involved in them. And his name's Leo Monroe. Now, Leo Monroe says something prior to us going anywhere in Europe, anywhere to involve in Celtic. You have a responsibility as a fan to represent Celtic as best you can. Remember that. And that's before he goes off the bus. Before we go off the bus, that is what he says. And I think that is the intringent thing that's happening in Scottish football. You must represent your football team and I, I implore all football fans not just my team because that's who I feel responsible for Celtic all football fans must represent their football team as best they can if you throw a coin 50 pence whatever it is or if you throw a, 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 a chair across the way to another thing or a bottle on the park you are not representing anyone except thuggery and no use Brian Football Stopped Brian I don't know how old you are But I suspect you're a man Of a certain vintage Like myself And We Understand The way Football used to be Today As we Recognise Fergus McCann 25 years ago As we Pay tribute to Eric Caldo Who has passed away At the age of 84 We understand The way the world Used to be That's not the way The world is now and what you're talking about, uh, every word of it true, about representing your club, whatever club that happens to be, that is absolutely true. However, the younger element today don't go along with that. I don't think there's any... Is there any real... Anything to be gained by making it an, an age thing? Well, simply in terms of Brian speaking about how men used to conduct themselves and how the, the image of the club was important. I don't believe that is important in the eyes of many who go to football today. The younger element, they do not respect the traditions, the history of the club, whichever club it may be. Yeah, but I mean, you try to tell me that the so gentlemen who are of that age now, what about their behaviour in the eighties? And you know, so I, I don't I don't think that stacks up to, well, to scrutiny. What about yeah. the, in the eighties? We know what happened. We know why we we can't have alcohol at football yeah. anymore. So so what what was the what was the the problem there? If quite simply that alcohol, uh, and that's yeah, but why I'm talking about the age thing. Well, the, you know, men. I'm just a bit uncomfortable with this notion that we all used to be really well behaved and now we're not. I just I, I can't see. How that's accurate Well You're not as old as I am Not well, no, by a no distance <laughs> uh, And there was a time And you're quite right to bring up The 1980 Cup final uh, And as I said on the programme A few days ago uh, The sons of those who were involved In the riot at the Scottish Cup final uh, Are now saying uh, Questionable songs uh, It's been passed from generation to generation Um but men of Brian's age and mine uh, knew a time when that mm. wasn't the case. I like Brian's thought process, Alex, about you yeah. know representing your team. If you're a fan, you're not happy if the players don't represent you, uh, represent Probably, you in the way yeah. that you want. So, 
So what about your side of the bargain? And I'm going to use Rangers as the example purely because they issued their statement on Saturday, yep. and everyone in this studio applauded it. Yep, absolutely. And they they said it was it was proactive rather than reactive. Well yep. done to Rangers. Well done for getting the message out there. The message wasn't listened to, was it? It wasn't. Uh, certainly I, I not was, by everyone. It wasn't, Gordon. And uh, you have seen some of the the footage and some of the stuff that's going on over the the, the course of the game is totally not acceptable. That doesn't detract for the club actually trying to do something and actually trying to engage with their supporters and say you have an obligation. That is exactly mm. what our callers just said there as well. Thank you to Brian and Tullybody. Oren Kearney says they secured a massive three points with the last minute goal against Livingston. He is targeting a strong end to the season. I mean, he has to, but he says they've not turned the corner yet despite being unbeaten in three. It's been a while, I think, since I've experienced the last minute goal. <laughs> Too long, probably. Um, and yet, I suppose you forget the feeling of the joy that it brings. And I think just the three points for us today was, was massive. And as much as the performances have been strong over the last couple of weeks, I think we knew today had a pursuit performance over, over the points. I think the three points today will be a huge building block and, and I think in the manner that they come as well is, is a big lift. We've got a sweat teams and we keep I've said it to the boys all the old boys and the new boys and everybody we've got a sweat teams and we've got to try and make sure that that, that people quick and I think we've got to finish strong because there's been a lot of turn and throw and we've been wrote off at times, we've been out of the mix and everything else, but we've hung in there and hung in there and I think for us now, I always knew, I think with all the transition and changes that we were going to make, that we were going to have to pick up most of our points in this last part of the season. We were never going to pick up our points before Christmas. So it was one of those where we were going to have to try and get every house in order and then try and have a really strong finish. So listen, we're laying the block so that it's a good three points. Do you feel like a corner has been turned? No. No. <laughs> we never do in football. Um, and I'd never take it for granted or never feel that way. Um, I feel that we've got three points today and I feel that we get back to working hard next week again and we just we don't expect anything, we expect to be anything to come easy our way or things to change for us or decisions to go our way. We just get right back to doing what we've done for the last three or four weeks. Richards and Paisley is a St Mirren fan. What do you think, Richard? How big was Saturday's win? Um, I think it was huge. I think it was uh, it's been a long time coming. As I was just saying there, um, I think that if you'd offered us in the last three games five points, I think we'd have took it. Um, it was a tough couple of games coming up. Um, I think Livingston's the sort of teams we need to beat. Um, but, you know, we're playing for survival now. Um, I think the, the January signings, if they look as if they're starting to gel now, I think it's a completely different team from what we've seen at the start of the season. Um, and I, hopefully, that's hopefully it's a, I'll, I'll, I'll be a bit more optimistic than Oren there. I'll, I'll say <laughs> hopefully it's a corner being thumped. Richard right, Alex, in the yeah. sense that if you if you rewind a couple of weeks. Aberdeen away yeah. Hearts away Livingston at home I can't think many people Would have predicted Five points for St Mirren That's just been honest Yeah absolutely When you look at the form Leading into them games Gordon You wouldn't have expected That they were on the back Of five uh, losses In the bounce But they two points Get the players confidence And we were saying In the in the studio at the weekend Can they get a winner uh, And they've done it In the 89th minute With Lynn So that gives them That impetus to kick on You've got some really good Games coming up as well Gordon uh, but the players themselves will start believing now because they've actually clawed back uh, Dundee and Hamilton, you know, within a couple of points of them. So we've got some games in the next four or five games that we expect maybe to try and compete. Uh, the likes of maybe Dundee, Hamilton, Kamarnock, St Johnson. These are the teams yeah. that you expect to pick up points. I mean, Richard, you talk about the, the signings making an impact as they had to. Who are the ones that have been catching your eye so far? Petrov. Who? Is it Petrov the boy? Popescu, oh, Popescu, Popescu yeah, You're just getting yeah. your your European yes. yeah, 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 uh, yeah. players mixed up. Richard, what do you think? I think um, I think you see about the defence. I think it's looking like it's looking we're looking solid now. Um, I'd like to I'd like to actually see Anton back. Um, Anton Ferdinand. I'd like to see him back up there. 
as, as soon as he's fit. Um, losing McGinn for a couple of games, I think it's going to let the, the midfield. The midfield still, I would say, is a bit lightweight. Um, but there's certainly uh, McAllister. He's been standout as well. I think he's he's, he's I mean, the summer, you know, he's 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 a higher level than than your club, unfortunately. Um, I think we'll be able to pay his wages, you know. Um, but I think I would say I would say the back line and McAllister's looked outstanding. I think when you, if Samirin survive, you need to look again at Oren Kearney. The man comes in after four league games. Which have been bad enough for St Mirren to get rid of Alan Stubbs and bring in Oren Kearney, who has never worked in this country before and has to hit the ground running and then some. He starts off with a draw against Celtic. Yes, he's still at the bottom of the league, but only by one point. He has overhauled the squad. He's kept calm and composed in the face of adversity, and everyone's saying, Oh, St Mirren have gone, they're going down. And he's in now with a real chance. So he, he has, on an individual basis, done an outstanding job so far. Thank you to Richard in Paisley. Ike Piazzo is still causing problems for the Partick Thistle backline. It's Partick Thistle nil, Hearts 1. What about this teaser then? Sent in by John Clark to fulltime at Clyde1.com. A few more here. Ten managers who've managed four or more clubs in the English Premier League Sam Allardyce, Roy Hodgson, Alan Pardew. And Harry Redknapp so far I've got Rafa Benitez No I've got King Kenny No I've got <coughs> Mark Hughes Yes And I've got Ranieri No Hugh Evans. <gasps> Terry Venables No mm. Mm. I thought I'd done better there than one have to say. Yeah I could tell by the excited tone in your voice <laughs> And you got more and more deflated as they went on Right you've got five You've got five to go halfway there We'll get the rest of the answers next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims For 40 years Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray have been racking their brains During the break They're looking for ten managers Who've managed four or more clubs in the English Premier League You've got Sam Allardyce Roy Hodgson Mark Hughes Alan Pardew And Harry Redknapp Davy Moyes Yes <sighs> Hugh Keevans Got anything for me? Uh, Alec told me one But I've forgotten it <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steve Bruce Steve Yes <laughs> Neil Warnock Yes Only two to go Great stuff Let's speak to Richard and Solcoats Hi Richard Hi how you doing? Good thank you What's your point tonight? Uh, it's, it's more of a, a question. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to know what the panel thought of obviously we're back now on about the, the next Celtic manager permanently. Uh, me myself, I think Neil Lennon will do a great job. Uh, I, I hope we, we look for something a, a little better uh, in the future for going into the pre-season and, and the next season. It's not taking anything away from Neil Lennon. I, uh, I think he's brilliant. I just don't think that uh, it'll be the marquee type signing that. Brendan Rodgers was, you know, as much as he broke my heart, I think that uh, Brendan Rodgers was of a different standard to anything else I've seen mm. in the, the SPL in the last ten years. Having said that, Richard, if Neil Lennon wins the treble, is there a discussion to be had at all? Is it? I think I, I do think so. Yeah, I do. I, I think there is. I think there is. I think Brendan Rodgers has had uh, has left Celtic in a very fortunate short term position, maybe not long term. Um, we have got an elite squad. I think Celtic should 
win the league. I think they should win the cup. Um, at the back again, of your I'm mind, the, away from the at line. the back of your mind, Richard, you clearly have a name for us, do you? What's that? Sorry, do you have I, a name for us? A name? Yeah, yeah, a suggestion. Yeah. A name. Well, a suggestion. A suggestion to me. I, I wouldn't mind seeing someone from outside of the uh, of. Uh, more along the lines of they're talking about the, the guy from is it Leipzig? It's Salzburg, Marco oh, Rose. Not, sorry, excuse me, Marco Rose. Yeah. Um, I don't really think he's 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 uh, going to be willing to come to Celtic personally. Yeah, Hugh. I think it looks like he's he's rumoured to be going to, to Leipzig. Um, no, to Hoffenheim. Sorry, um, Marco Rose. It seems to be the, the the odds have been slashed on on him yeah, becoming yeah. like Celtic manager, but we know these things can happen. It seems to just be bookie talk rather than yeah you, any you, sort of inside information. You can normally discount the first outright favourite. Um, you remember all the talk at the time that uh, the bookies had stopped taking money on Roy Keane to be Celtic manager, for example. Now, I believe that if Neil Lennon wins the treble. Then Neil Lennon should be given the job uh, And I'm not having it that uh, Somehow Neil Lennon has become less of a manager Than than he used to be I mean Neil Lennon took Celtic into the last 16 of the Champions League uh, he's, he's I think Richard, talk, Richard mentioned the word marquee Hugh, and it's, it's difficult to compare isn't it Because you're right Neil Lennon was a very good Celtic manager what type of manager would it take to get twelve thousand people waiting on him arriving, like I, Brendan Rodgers? I understand that, but that, that, yeah, I understand that, but uh, sometimes it's not necessarily the case that, that the marquee signing uh, does it for you. Uh, so I think there's a an obligation on Celtic's part to give it to Neil Lennon if he wins the treble. He has taken the job under unbelievably trying circumstances. And if he gets out the, the league over the line and wins the Scottish Cup and therefore the, the treble, uh, I think Celtic have to give him the job. One, uh, of the, one of the key things from the Celtic board's point of view as well is, is this transition going into the, the whatever European qualifiers they have to deal with as well. And then mm. you also have recruitment this summer. Celtic have a big job in their hands in terms of recruitment, particularly at the back and you know various other positions with the right back. and you know So... It'll be that transition that has to be done very quickly Depending on who they're going to get If it's Neil Lennon it would be seamless Because it'll already be in motion over this coming months And then if it's another manager Then they have to get all that in place It's, it's a tricky situation at the moment You know, The, the, the other thing uh, Richard That uh, you could say about Brendan Rodgers He took the uh, wage bill to a level that yep. I don't think is sustainable for a Scottish club So Celtic have to address that uh, And yep. he, he signed very many Unsatisfactory players Brendan Rodgers There are plenty who Will need to get off the wage bill If Celtic can find anybody Willing to take them I'm thinking of Compare obviously Kouassi uh, Malumbu uh, There are plenty of people there That Celtic need to get off the wage bill um, I just yeah, think- That does That does run into Like my point with uh, Brendan Rodgers Not left is the best For the long term I don't really think He thought long term mm. Well enough well, um, yeah, he, I must he, say, I, I really enjoy his brand of football. Really absolutely, you can't win seven trophies on the bounce and not be a successful manager. He he will go yeah. down, uh, no matter 
that people will not allow his name to be spoken in their homes and he's also known as the ex-manager and BR uh, he will go down as a great Celtic manager and that's his entitlement uh, I, I just happen to believe that if Neil Lennon gets this across the line he should be appointed the, he should mm. be appointed the manager Alex, aside from the, the teaser I've got a really difficult question for you How is it only 1-0 to Hearts? <laughs> I have not got a clue it, Pihuzu is absolutely terrorising He's actually flicked the ball over Two Patrick Thistle guys' head And on the volley He's just hit it mm. past the far corner It would have been an unbelievable I was going to say I thought James Forrest or Joe Chalmers Had goal of the round wrapped up Had that gone in Oh it's a stone wall would have an amazing ability But the thing is he's, he is, His physical strength Is absolutely terrorising these guys And it's wave after wave of attack This is this is going to be 3 or 4 at this rate But incredibly Partick Thistle are It looks like going to get to half time With just a one goal deficit It is 1-0 at the moment Thanks to that early Christoph Berra header And remember it was a 5 past 7 kickoff oh. On a Monday night Hugh Keevans well, Times are changing Exactly we, So it's almost half time already Yeah you get the cup ties spread over days now uh, But the draw is at 9.15 It promises to be mm. highly intriguing if Hearts aren't in that draw <laughs> Craig Levine I, I, I shudder to think what his press conference would be like It, it is the biggest 1-0 doing you're ever likely to see so far Let's get Richard's thoughts on it while he's still here Richard, the draw is after this game Is it the usual everyone waiting to see if it's going to be Celtic against Aberdeen or Rangers now Or does that potentially wait until the final? Do you care either way? Yeah uh, I'd like to do both of them To be honest I'd like, I'd like Aberdeen And then I'd like Rangers in the final Or vice versa <laughs> Neil, Neil Lennon oh, sends his regards Richard <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff That was Richard in Solcoats uh, on a, He's got a bit of a wish list That even we can't make happen I'm afraid It's going to have to be one or t'other As it they would, say It would be some grandstand finish to a season If Neil Lennon uh, Beat Aberdeen And then Rangers in the final And uh, got the league over the line as well and then try telling him he's not getting the manager. Yeah, I would be. Uh, yeah, but they're playing each other. Let's, yes, let's <laughs> not think Richard had his tongue in his cheek. Yeah, I think if they could, uh, if it got to an old firm, what a climax that would be to uh, the season. Get into that game with the treble on the line and Stephen mm. Gerrard's first trophy it would be remarkable. You'll have you'll have earned your uh, summer holidays if it, if that's what you build up to. Twenty is it twenty fifth of May? I think it is. Well, again, Neil Lennon lumbered with all sorts of things uh, as Celtic manager. Celtic have, in their long history, never won the Scottish Cup three times mm-hmm. in a row. And the final is on the most famous day date in Celtic's history, May 25. That's providing I've not got that wrong. No, no, you're right. You're yeah. right. You are right. It's half time, by the way. Partick Thistle, Neil Hearts won. As the guys have been saying, Partick Thistle are. Living a, a dangerous life charmed Yeah, a charmed life, life yeah. I should say Because they're, they should be a couple behind But they're not And that gives you That gives you a bit, a bit of confidence, you. Well, it would be a Patek Thistle kind of thing to do To have taken all that punishment But only lost one goal uh, To come out and get a, a goal for themselves Second half and see where that takes them But you have to think, surely That this is just a Breaking down of the door Right we've got work to do On the teaser Full time at Clyde1.com That's where you can send Your questions in 10 managers who've managed Four or more clubs In the English Premier League You've got most of them David Moyes Sam Allardyce Steve Bruce Roy Hodgson Mark Hughes Alan Pardew Harry Redknapp Neil Warnock Two to go I'm struggling now here Um, Yeah the two hardest ones Are they? Undoubtedly Yep. 
One is not difficult In the sense that He's a huge name I mean there's absolutely No denying Rutula No Zunis uh, Yes oh. I just feel like People always remember uh, Always forget that he's He's managed four clubs Yeah Not you though Southampton, Liverpool, Blackburn And Newcastle Which means one More to go Wow It's been a good effort Hugh Give us a clue <laughs> Give us a clue I'll name Is he a foreigner? Nope Aston Villa Would be one of the four uh, uh, Ron Atkinson? Oh, not even a, Not even suspense Usually we have to build up He's nailed it With still 40 seconds left To go of the show Brilliant, Brilliant. I like that Well done Ron Atkinson Thank you John Clark For the question Full time at Clyde1.com That is the address you need It is Partick Thistle Nil Hearts 1 At half time uh, we'll get all the post-match fallout from that game on tomorrow night's show And the draw, remember, the draw for the Cup yes. is after this game So you can hear all about that on tomorrow night's show from 6 o'clock I'll be here in the company of Roger Hanna and Gordon DL Thanks for all your calls and tweets It was another busy show, so apologies if you couldn't get through But as always, there's another chance It comes tomorrow, stay where you are because Callum Gallagher is up next One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Get the result you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com.